Hey, want to take a walk on the wild side and experience the bleeding edge of technology? Then get ready because it doesn't get much more edgy than this. You're in for a wild ride. You're listening to Sovereign Tech with your host, the man in triple black, the golden stallion of the tech world, Brian Sovereign. He's got a huge brain. And now, here's Brian. Feel my heat taking you higher. Burn with me, because heaven's on fire. Oh yes, it is time for another great episode of Sovereign Tech. Of course, the Golden Stallion here with you, and uh, always a good time, isn't it? At least I think so. I, I don't just think so, because I get tons of emails. People telling me they they just they, they can't wait for my show to come out. I am so honored, and I just want to get this out first thing. We now get over a thousand listeners a week, a thousand listeners an episode, uh, or I'll say a week. Maybe that's the better way to put it. A thousand listeners a week of Sovereign Tech. I am so honored. Uh, I don't know how exactly the show is getting spread because, you know, I think I, I, I talked about this, uh, on, on, on my personal Facebook page. I was, I was mentioning it to some people because I think Sovereign Tech falls under the, the, the realm of, of guilty pleasure for a lot of people because, you know, I, I can understand why you wouldn't necessarily want to share Sovereign Tech on Facebook, you know, to where maybe your mother or your grandmother or who knows who, who knows who your uncle or something could possibly see like, whoa, what are they listening to? And then they, they hear it and they go, holy shit, what was that? Uh, you, you know, I can understand. I'm not judging. I'm not saying that's that, you know, that there's anything you know wrong with you, with you not sharing it. I, you know, that's fine. But I guess I just wonder, OK, so it's not getting shared on social media. Uh, how exactly is it getting shared? Is this like, is this something that's just getting spread around in whispers? You know, Hey, did, did you hear sovereign tech last week? Man, that shit was tight. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so thank you all so much. It's really exciting to, to have a show grow, uh, especially a show that, uh, well, you know, th- there's this old Egyptian proverb, uh, that goes something along the lines of, you know, he who tells the truth has no friends. And sometimes I feel like that really gets, <laughs> it feels applicable to me a lot of times, just my own opinion on it. Um, and you know, I, I, so for, for someone to, to, to lay out so many, I guess what, what a lot of people would consider to be controversial because I certainly get plenty of hate mail. So I guess it's, it's safe to call it controversial. Uh, it, it's amazing for that to, to really grow in in my opinion especially something that's so you know kind of no holds barred to use a wrestling term but uh anyway let's get into the rapid fire stories enough about this stuff because uh, <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about and and again we have a really great show lined up uh please look forward to hacker stories i have something very very powerful to share uh from a friend of the show and someone i consider a friend in uh in in reality um uh, during hacker stories that I that I really think uh, is an important important message to share. So so keep looking out for that. Uh, anyway, uh, real quick with ra- uh, with rapid fire stories, you will notice. Never mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna share that later. Sorry. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Internet Explorer. I know. I keep talking about Microsoft. It seems like every week during rapid fire stories, I'm giving them far more press than they deserve. But uh, it, it turns out that th- there's a test done every year to see which web browser drains your laptop battery the most. And, you know, it's an amazing thing, but Internet Explorer wins that every or wins every year in not draining your 
your laptop battery the most. Uh, I guess it's the only thing it does better than any other web browser, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, so I don't know if you use Internet Explorer. Hey, you know, it's your, your choice. Uh, but but really, again, I, I would just hope people will run away from Windows as fast as they can. Um, Google has sold Motorola to Lenovo, of all people. Uh, now they are keeping the patents. So, you know, maybe that's all that Google was really after, because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that this happened, uh, because they paid like 13, 13 billion. I mean, just a crazy amount of money for Motorola to buy out, you know, Motorola in, in its entirety. And then they sold it to Lenovo for like 2.9 billion. I mean, that's a huge loss. Those patents got to be worth I don't know. They must be great patents. That's all I can say about the matter. Uh, not not understanding that that whole thing at all. I'm not sure exactly what patents Motorola had that were that grand. I I mean, they certainly if there's great patents that Motorola had, they didn't get implemented in the Moto X or the Moto G or any of those. So I don't know what exactly they had, but maybe this has to do with something you know at Google X. You know, the, maybe it's that next that next thing that uh, that that. At, the, the one of the heads of Google X said, you know, we're not working on tablets or Google Glass. We're working on something bigger. Maybe that's a Motorola had and it's, you know, had baking in the kitchen. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, so now Lenovo's got Motorola. They have a name that they can use to break into the smartphone market, which they're already doing a good job of breaking into the market in other parts of the world. But maybe in the U.S. now they have a recognized name. Who knows? We'll see what happens with that. But the really interesting thing, and this is important to point out because... You know, I I don't I don't want to sound boastful, but um, uh, <laughs> but uh, about a little over a year ago on on Sovereign Tech, uh, I had mentioned I said, boy, in the next five years, uh, you know, by 2018, the two big companies are not going to be Apple and Google, it's not going to be Microsoft and Google. You know, there's always there always seems to be those two companies that seem to be competing. Like before Apple and Google, it was you know, Apple versus Microsoft to some degree. Uh, you know, you, you always have that. And I don't, what I, what I claimed was, is that it's going to be Samsung versus Amazon. Those are going to be the two major hardware and software tech companies that are going to be battling it out by 2018, you know, and that, that things like Google and Apple are, are really just going to fall by the wayside, not go away. Like Yahoo still hasn't gone away. Right. Uh, in fact, maybe they're even resurging to a degree. Uh, but, uh, but I think Amazon and Samsung will be the main tech companies, you know, in the next few years. And I think I'm being vindicated because Amazon announced, or there's rumors, uh, you know, they may, they're, I think they're more than rumors, you know, but, but for the technical, uh, meaning of it, yes, the rumors that Amazon will be releasing a sub $300 Android based game console. Can you believe that? An Amazon game console. I mean, they've got all the, you know, all the money in the world to throw at it. Now, I mean, there's been talk about Google coming out with a game console, too. Haven't seen anything serious about that. Uh, but Amazon looks like they're going to beat everybody to the punch. Not only that, so so Amazon's going to attempt to take over your living room, okay? First off, they have the best tablets on the market right now. I'm not saying their software is the best. I'm saying hardware, they have the best hardware for the buck, for the money, out there, Okay. And there's actually, there's, there's a follow-up on that in a second here. Um, so, you know, so they can take over the tablet space. There, there was talks about them, you know, uh, uh, doing deals with HTC, which arguably, in my opinion, make the best phones in the world right now. 
uh, like the HTC One and the HTC One Max, hands down, best phone on the planet. Uh, if it had a removable battery, well, I, well, anyway, great phones. Um, so Amazon has those angles, and now what they're doing, like I said, how they have the best tablets in the world with a Kindle. You've got they're gonna they're turning Kindles, they're adding credit card readers onto Kindles, and they're turning them into POS systems, and not piece of shit. They're turning them into point of sale systems. And that's incredible, because when you figure that even the, the high-end Kindle Fire HDX 7-inch or whatever, you know, runs under, uh, you know, run, runs under $300, uh, you know, that, that you could buy a point-of-sale system for under $300. Look, I, I used to work for Par Technologies. They're one of the largest point-of-sale uh, companies in the world. And we sold our flagships for which which was called the vigo you know they would sell for over you know the the lowest end and this was a piece of you know the really it it was it was the low end one was was rough you know with the low end one was at 800 to get a halfway decent one like like would get sold to mcdonald's okay would be around 1300 bucks and it just the price could keep going up you could get what was called the the vigo you know we would call it the cadillac meaning it was the you know the highest end that would sell for three thousand dollars and yet here's amazon selling you something with plenty of power being the kindle okay and it's going to be a point of sale system incredible so they're going to take over the retail space even though you know they've already kind of conquered retail by the fact that uh you you know how that amazon.com just has this incredible customer service has everything you want and ships it sometimes same day depending on where you live uh so they've already conquered it in that way but now they're really going to conquer it because they're going to offer just i what i see to be you know uh an unbeatable uh an unrefusable deal in getting a point of sale system into your store i mean it's phenomenal just add a credit card reader onto a kindle and the kindle costs under 300 bucks how can, how can you beat that and that's all you need is that one piece takes up very little desk space too. So, I mean, you could almost do kiosks with it and I'm sure that's coming too. Uh, yeah, I mean, really? So kudos to Amazon. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's amazing. Not, not again, not the best philosophically inclined tech company out there, but, uh, but they're definitely, they are going to be, I think, like I said, by 2018, I'll say it again. I said it a year ago. It's going to be Amazon versus Samsung. I, that that's happening. Uh, another quick another quick point is that amazingly, uh, Snowden Edward Snowden is getting nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Can you believe it? I I think that's fantastic. Uh, at first, I didn't believe it. You know, that's why I asked you. Can you believe it? And I didn't, but it's true. He is getting nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Also, this is, this is, here's the last bit of news. Then we're going to get into a a pretty interesting story that I have lined up for our main story. But for the first time, and I think this explains a lot as to why maybe, you know, the, 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 the British empire, you know, the British empire for, for a long time, for hundreds of years was huge. It was the largest empire ever. I mean, it was just this massive, um, you know, empire and, and it started to wane. And I, and I finally figured out, I think I figured out why, because it was just reported. They just got photographic evidence of this last week. We're in, uh, you know, we're in February, 2013 last week. They found for the first time in 800 years, they found a beaver in England. I can't believe it. There was no, there were no beavers in England for 800 years. And they found one again. No one knows how it got there, uh, but there's beaver in England, so maybe the British Empire. <laughs> Sorry. 
it's a true story but of course i uh i i did a play on words uh, <laughs> anyway so kudos to the british you've got beaver fever again good for you <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's really switch gears here and let's get into the main story. And uh, this week we got a, an update on a story that we talked about uh, briefly in the past. And that story has to do with uh, a while back, um, Tormail got shut down. Tormail was a, uh, you know, kind of a... Uh, it was a free, a free email service that was available on tour, but the handy thing about it was that it could email out of tour, uh, which for a little, I mean, lots of services can do that now, but that that was kind of a unique thing for some time. And a lot of people really came to trust tour mail and came to use it. Uh, I have used it years ago, you know, a long time ago, I used it. Uh, I, I haven't used it in, in, in some time. Uh, there's better, there's better tour based email services that you can grab most of which you have to pay for to some degree, but thanks to Bitcoin. Now it's very easy to pay for these things. So you can get a premium product now, thanks to Bitcoin, uh, you know, in cryptocurrencies, which I, I think is fantastic. Um, so anyway, uh, the FBI seized all of tour mails data and is using it to catch hackers. Uh, this is from Gizmodo. And if you had any faith left in anonymous email services, now would be the time to let that go. New court documents show that in chasing down associates of freedom hosting, the FBI managed to download the entire email database of Tormail. And now it's using that to take to using that information to take on the darknet. It's unknown exactly how many users or how much data is in the Tormail network, but we do know that the FBI has it all. The agency obtained a search warrant for a Tormail account connected to a Florida man accused of stealing credit card numbers in order to search its own copy of the database. It appears that the FBI acquired the database while using malware to investigate freedom hosting last year. As Wired put it, the tactic suggests the FBI is adapting to the age of big data with an NSA-style collect-everything approach, gathering information into a virtual lockbox and leaving it there until it can obtain specific authority to tap it later. In the past six months, we've learned that the FBI is using malware to expose the anonymous Internet and the NSA has been going after Tor for years. And now it seems that federal authorities have been successful in breaking down the wall of anonymity that kept the Internet safe for a lot of users. We've also learned that despite his advisor's recommendations, President Obama is con is content continuing the bulk collection of data that, that drew scrutiny to the NSA in the first place, albeit in a different form. And while so while Tor and its related services are still good for a lot of things, anonymity is apparently no longer one of them. Um, Okay, so now FreedomWorks, or I'm sorry, Freedom Hosting, uh, yeah, not FreedomWorks, uh, Freedom Hosting, it was, that was like based out of Ireland, and the FBI a few months ago did did a raid on it and took all those servers, and clearly that must have been where Tormail, uh, to some degree, was, was uh, you know, being hosted. And they got it all. You know, they got everything that was, that was done in Tormail. Now, okay, yes, if you are a user of Tormail, if you were doing, you know, um, if you were doing some kind of quote unquote illegal, okay, I'm using conventional terms because I don't care what you do. Uh, if you're doing some kind of illegal business, okay, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I gotta admit, it's scare, it's scare time. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's time to watch out because they've got it all. You know, and I think a lot of people were using Tormail without any kind of encryption. 
you know, they weren't using PGP necessarily. They just figured, uh, and I don't think it was an unfair, uh, thought. They just figured that, that governments around the world were just too damn stupid, uh, you know, to, to be able to, to even, you know, really handle tour. Now, of course, people want to say, okay, the U S Navy funded tour, blah, 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 blah. How can, how the fuck can you trust it? How dare you trust it? If the government money goes somewhere, don't trust it. Look, if you're not going to trust something because government, government money's involved, trust me on this statement. Don't use anything at all. Okay. Because there's government money fucking everywhere. Okay, I really, this annoys me so much. I'm not saying Tor is a magic bullet. Clearly it isn't, okay? I'm just saying this whole argument about, well, the government invented it or the government put money behind it or whatever as a reason to no longer use something? No. Okay, sorry. Ridiculous. Um, You know, Jacob Applebaum, uh, a guy that I, I tremendously respect. He is one of the lead guys at the Tor Project. He is an anarchist. Okay? He's an anarchist. Got it? Uh, so he doesn't like governments. And let me tell you something else. He's a guy. He's bisexual. Guess what? If you're bisexual, generally I like to think you don't care for conventionalisms or culturalisms either. Okay? So he doesn't like any of the hierarchies and constructs that exist in this world. And yet he supports the Tor project. Okay. So to some degree, I trust that, you know, if you want to switch gears here, I'd be far more concerned of not worrying about companies that have taken government funding or government or projects that have taken government funding than I would about people, uh, in companies that are not Liberty minded at all, like Google. Okay. Larry Page. Everybody's like, oh my God, Google's going to take Bitcoin. This is so fucking exciting. Larry Page, I have it on good, for lack of a better word, authority, as in from a guy who's had Larry Page in his house multiple times, that he is not a libertarian. And it's coming from somebody who is a libertarian and understands what libertarian can mean with a big L or a small L. Larry Page is not a libertarian. Larry Page does not care about freedom. Okay? Got it? My point being is that government money swings both ways. Okay. Yes. Google is taking money from government for, for government contracts. Okay. And one, one company has an anarchist at the head of it. The other company has essentially I'll call a fascist because I'm not going to use the word socialist in a negative context. Okay. Uh, at the head of it. So there, take it, take that, take that for what you will. Okay. I'd much rather trust the people who are involved than the money that flows into it. Okay. All right. We're clear on that. Um, so yeah, but, but no matter what, this is scary. Okay. This is very, very scary. If you were a user of Tor mail, uh, or you did business with people that use Tor mail, this is, this is a, uh, uh, quite frankly, a very terrifying prospect. Uh, the ways that something like this can be resolved. And I'm hoping that a lot of people did this because if they didn't use some form of encryption, what I hope that happened was, is that they did the first rule of when you go on tour, you are no longer you. I say this all the time. Okay. When you go on tour, you're another person. You come up with another name. Okay. Whatever that may be, you can pretend you're the green ranger. I don't care. All right. Just be someone else. When you're on tour, don't be you. Uh, now, of course, if you're using tour in a general sense, like, well, I just always use tour for, for anonymity or whatever. Uh, well, yeah, then you can be you. 
Okay. But if you're using Tor for perhaps some of the unique services that Tor offers, don't be you. Just don't. Okay. Um, you know, just pretend you're somebody else. Have fun with it. Um, I don't agree with the idea like Gizmodo's making this huge case that anonymity is impossible on Tor. Uh, I, I totally disagree with that. Tor is still a great thing. Yes. You know, again, the FBI seized a whole ton of data. Okay. And yeah, and, and this also raises the great point that I like to bring up all the time is that the FBI is just as bad as the NSA. And again, the FBI has plenty of oversight and they're getting away with doing all of this stuff uh, as to where, you know, because the common argument always comes up that the NSA, uh, you know, doesn't have a lot of oversight and they can't work with oversight. Otherwise, they couldn't achieve their goals. That's not true for the FBI. Uh, so, you know, either way, you know, no one in government cares about your privacy uh, really at all. Uh, in fact, Rand Paul doesn't care about your privacy either because he wants Snowden locked up. Okay. All right. So there we, we so have we eliminated enough sacred cows yet in the first segment? Cause we'll, we'll keep trying to take out some more. Um, but anyway, so I, I, I disagree that, you know, that, that tour is somehow, you know, now it's just totally breached and you can never use it. Uh, frankly, that sounds uh, to, to some degree, and this is unfortunate that this is, this is coming from Gizmodo. Um, but that sounds very much like, uh, you know, like a hit piece and a thing to say, oh, you know, don't use Tor. There were things in the NSA slides that we have from Edward Snowden, uh, who I hope will be the next Nobel Peace Prize winner. He's probably the most deserving person I've heard in my lifetime. Um, and well, I mean, there's others who deserved it, but he's obviously done a whole hell of a lot. The two, the two things, okay, that the, that the slide showed that the NSA didn't like were Tor and PGP. Hated both of them. Couldn't stand them. Okay. So that, you know, that's a pretty good gauge for what we know, what we're aware of that's out there. It's a pretty good gauge to, you know, say, okay, those are the things I should be using. And yeah, I, you know, Golden Stallion, I, I totally recommend using Tor often, uh, you know, using a VPN, uh, you know, go ahead and use a VPN and Tor. Who cares? You know, uh, go all the way. <laughs> so use VPN, use Tor, uh, you know, go ahead and use PGP, um, Again, there are, you know, now you got to ask yourself, are you okay with using email anymore with Tor? Well, that's a good question to ask. Uh, I think, you know, OTR, or especially you get, you have like Chrome extensions like CryptoKit, uh, where you actually, you get PGP, uh, you know, built into it. Uh, and it's very, very easy to use, or if you use some kind of like OTR, which is off the record, uh, messaging, some kind of OTR thing like CryptoCat or pigeon with OTR or whatever, whatever, or chat secure, you take your pick. Uh, I recommend those as, as being definitely the better way to, to kind of get in touch with people. Uh, even, you know, and, and, and maybe you want to take into question Tor chat. A lot of people use Tor chat. Maybe you want to debate the use of that because that's based on Tor. You know, I don't, it's OTR. So I don't see how having servers is going to help anything, uh, with that. But, uh, but these are the things to consider. So, again, if you're going to use Tor, the way to solve this whole problem, and it's sick, it's, you know, it's ridiculous that the FBI is doing this, but the way to solve this whole problem is, look, when you go on Tor, be someone else. And have fun with it. I'll be back with more. This is Sovereign Tech.
back to the Stone Age wasn't enough for you? Then we heard it. The sound of something terrible being born. This is madness. Station 3 to Commander Ivanova. Centauri have launched a full-scale assault. The time is coming gone! It's our turn now! Two million tons of spinning metal, all alone in the night. A world where empires rise and fall. Where dreams are born and die. Where war and hatred are challenged by love and faith. In the third age of mankind, an age plagued by an evil empire that seeks to destroy humanity. It is our last, best hope for peace, for victory, for freedom. It is Babylon 5. Babylon 5 is available for download on your favorite torrent site. See it now to experience the greatest show in television history. Babylon 5. Tech Roulette. Want to play? It is time for Tech Roulette, where I cover stories that get sent to me through the various channels that I uh, make available. Uh, of course, Sovereign Tech at RiseUp.net. Uh, and, you know, I, real quick, it is, I mean, I'm sure you already know this, but if you're hearing this on one of the global internet networks, uh, radio networks that, that Sovereign Tech is available on, uh, it's S O V R Y N. Uh, and actually I'll talk a little bit about that name during the listener emails, uh, segment today. Cause during listener emails, I actually, I, I got a, I got a slew of questions, uh, for a lot of new listeners. Like I said, I've, we, we've, you know, sovereign tech, we, we now get over a thousand listens a week. Uh, so that's a lot of new, you know, <laughs> that's a lot of new people listening to the show. And so maybe they haven't listened to, I mean, we're almost 60 episodes counting specials, you know, it's probably almost a hundred, uh, or well, 70 or 80 anyway. Um, but you know, we're, we're 60 episodes in. And so there's a lot of people who might not get all, maybe all of the memes that I use or all of the, uh, you know, catchphrases or, 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 you know, a lot, a lot of stuff. So, so I'm going to cover some of that during listener email. Um, like, what does triple black mean? You know, the th- things of that nature. Uh, so anyway, but yeah, uh, Sovereign Tech at RiseUp.net is a way that you can send stories to me. You can also message me on SoundCloud if you have a SoundCloud account. I love, uh, and you don't have to, you know, you can you can be totally anonymous on SoundCloud. You don't have to use your real name, you know, and it's free. Now, of course, SovereignTech.com. Okay, in and of itself is a SoundCloud page, but it offers everything I need. And I I think it's something that's going to become more and more popular with podcasters uh, is that they will just use SoundCloud pages for their entire landing page, essentially, uh, you know, and 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 to communicate Uh, because SoundCloud now has a really they really updated their their messaging system on there. And you have to have you don't have to have a SoundCloud account to listen to, uh, you know, to, to anything on SoundCloud or to access anything on SoundCloud, but to use a lot of the services available on SoundCloud, you do have to have a SoundCloud account, but you can make a, you know, just make a bumpkiss one. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be real. Uh, but it's a great way to the messaging system on SoundCloud. And I've gotten quite a few people message me on there works really, really well. Uh, I, I, I love it. So that's another way that you can get stories to me or listener emails to me. Uh, also, um, you know, if, if, you know, you can send it to me on Google plus, uh, not that I tout that that much. Um, or you can send it to me even like, uh, ask.fm, but I'm not, no one's really using that. So I think I'm going to be ending up canceling that anyway. Uh, you know, but there's plenty of ways Twitter, of course, and you, you are, yes, you can direct message me on Twitter. It's perfectly fine. Uh, I know some people think that's a breach of etiquette and I understand that, but for me, it's okay. 
so plenty of ways to get in touch with the show to send stories in for tech roulette that you want me to talk about but then also if there's like a topic you want me in particular to talk about uh generally that'll get saved for listener emails so you know feel free get in touch okay i may not respond to you if you have like questions right then and there i may not respond to you you know right away but uh but please you know keep keep sending them in i've gotten tons of great stories uh and it, you know and admittedly it makes my life easier you know because uh it, it, it people find incredible things across the internet and this is an interesting thing and it's uh that i have this week uh from a listener and it's it's a topic i talk about quite a bit and at some point yes i will have a guest on uh at least i have every intention of having a guest on that uh, that that can maybe address a lot of these uh, these issues and it has to do with uh, essentially transhumanism uh which is something i'm for intents of all intents and purposes looking forward to but uh let's read the story and then we we can talk about that because i i, I do admittedly i have some reservations about transhumanism uh and so this is also from uh, or this is from io9 uh scientists raise the alarm on human enhancement technologies the royal society along with the academy of medical sciences british academy and royal academy of engineering recently concluded a workshop called human enhancement and the future of work in which they considered the growing impact and potential risks of uh, augmentation technologies. Now, boy, the name of this workshop, isn't that just creepy in and of itself? Human enhancement and the future of work, as in, like, that's all we're good for? Is to do work? That sucks. Uh, Anyway... In their final report, the collaborative team of scientists and ethicists raised serious concerns about the burgeoning trend uh, and how humanity is moving from a model of therapy to one in which human capacities are greatly improved. The implications, they concluded, should be part of a much wider public discussion. Specifically, the report expressed concerns about drugs and digital technologies that will allow people to work harder, longer and smarter. Uh, the resulting implications to work and human values, uh, they argue, may not necessarily be a good thing. It's quite possible, they argue, that employers will start to demand, either implicitly or explicitly, that employees augment themselves with sti- stimulants such as Adderall. What the fuck? <laughs> Wait a minute. Isn't this what? What am I? Am I in the 1910s? are we back in the industrial age what the hell's going on here uh all right we'll we'll keep reading uh similarly the workshop considered the potential for the other smart drugs that can enhance memory and attention as well as physical and digital enhancements such as cybernetic implants and advanced machine interfacing technologies from the report Work will evolve over the next decade, with enhancement technologies potentially making a significant contribution. Widespread use of enhancements might influence an individual's ability to learn or perform tasks and perhaps even to enter a profession, influence motivation, enable people to work in more extreme conditions or into old age, reduce work-related illness, or facilitate earlier return to work after illness. Oh, yes, because, you know, you break your leg... No compassion there, buddy. Get your ass back at the job. Get, you know, the clock in, the, but the buzzer's going off. Let's do this. Oh, wow. Uh, anyway, 
At the same time, however, they acknowledge the potential efficacy and demand for such technologies, prompting the call for open discourse, again from the report. Although enhancement technologies might bring opportunities, they also raise several health, safety, ethical, social, and political challenges, which warrant proactive discussion. Very different regulatory regimes are currently applied For example, digital services and devices with significant cognitive enhancing effects attract less, if any, regulatory oversight than pharmacological interventions. This raises significant questions uh, such as whether any form of self-regulation would be appropriate and whether there are circumstances where enhancements should be encouraged or even mandatory, particularly where work involves responsibility for the safety of others, like bus drivers or airline pilots. Indeed, the details of the report... Uh, while most certainly reasonable, are also exceedingly obvious. In a way, it's as if the workshop participants are late to the show and only now trying to get the word out. And in fact, given the popularity and rampant misuse of stimulants such as uh, Provigil and the tremendous interest in uh, nootropics, you know, these are nootropics, it's, sometimes nootropics are kind of like a woo-woo thing, uh, but they're, they're called cognitive enhancers, kind of like if you ever saw Limitless, it's sort of like NZT. Uh, the report does seem long overdue. The panel rec- panel's recommendations, such as further investigations into ensuring safety, affordability, and accessibility, are mostly most certainly welcome. And their suggestion that some of these enhancement technologies, whether they be pharmaceutical, regenerative medicines, or cybernetics, should be regulated by the government is spot on. No. Uh, given the potential for personal misuse, not to mention the potential exploitation by employers would most certainly necessitate the need for regulatory oversight. I'll talk about that in a minute. And perhaps most encouragingly, rather than reacting hysterically and calling for an outright ban on enhancement technologies, the panelists have outlined a roadmap for getting these technologies integrated into our lives in a safe and effective way. How nice. And you can read the whole report on, uh, for yourself. Uh, if you go to SovereignTech.com, it is in the show notes. Uh, and it, it's in the there's a link to this article on io9. And at the bottom of the article of io9, there's a link to the PDF that shows the whole report. OK. First, I want to say this about hard work. All right. I am I am by, you know, I guess maybe for lack of a better phrase, I'm not saying this in a scientific sense, for lack of a better phrase, by nature, I am a very hard worker, exceptionally hard worker. Uh, And in me saying that, I am not saying that someone who isn't a hard worker is lazy. Um, And I am not saying that in the idea that hard work is some kind of virtue, because it isn't. Hard work is an American value, okay? And it's an American value created alongside and to complement things like, um, you know, you know, overall conservatism. It's designed to, to complement austerity and, uh, you know, just, uh, <laughs> you know, all, all these really like, you know, all the, all these things, all these cultural mores, societal mores that just are designed to hold you down and keep you from getting pleasure. Okay. This is a big mistake that society makes, all right, in that saying that, oh, yeah, well, if you work hard, you know, yes, it's true. If you work hard, you're going to, you're, you know, nine times out of ten, you're going to get somewhere, okay? But that doesn't mean that hard work is somehow this grandiose thing, 
Okay. You know, and there's the old saying, work hard, work smarter, not harder. Now there's people saying work harder and smarter and blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm not saying there aren't times for that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with working hard. I'm just saying the idea that it's somehow a moral virtue is bullshit. Okay. It's not true. People too much. I mean, just, just, just picture this. I mean, how crazy is it that when you walk up to a person and you talk to them and the, what's the first question that gets asked when you're introduced? Oh, what do you do? As if somehow that is your, you know, meaning of life, that that is, that that is what defines you. You know, I've said this before on this show. I've known in my life, I've known surfers who could go toe to toe with Neil deGrasse Tyson in a physics debate. Okay. You're going to call him. Well, what do you do? I surf. You're going to think he's an idiot. No, the guy's a fucking genius. He knows more about physics. I mean, it's incredible. These people, you know, cause a lot of times these people that, 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 that are considered like lackadaisical or, or, you know, uh, lazy or whatever. I mean, usually sometimes these are people that are just reading all day long. They're geniuses and you're going to f- define them by, by their job. Oh, please don't do that. Don't do that. Anyway, we got that out of the way. Let's get into this whole notion uh this is this is i i I consider this kind of scary i like the idea of nootropics uh you know uh, like i wish there was an nzt you know i would love to take something like that 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 increases my my brain power please that that's that's phenomenal um i am intrigued by the idea of cybernetics i am intrigued by the idea of you know of human enhancement in general i love it i think it's wonderful but it's not time it's not time yet. And this proves why, because who are the people that are going to be in control of these technologies, corporations and government? No, no. <laughs> Those are the last people you want to have this sort of thing. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not playing socialist here. Okay. I'm just saying, you know, that, that to require workers look all right if a business says you have to have this to work here well then you have to have that to work there yes i'm okay with that all right um you know (laughs) but i am i am not okay with like you know say corporations somehow like you know this whole idea of mandatory you know human upgrade is a scary concept and i don't want government to regulate it i don't want them in control of it I don't want corporations in control, but that's a problem too. Like what if these cybernetics are, okay, well this cybernet, I work at Samsung. And so they gave me this uh, brain implant chip. And because I have a chip inside of me, that chip is actually the property of Samsung, not the property of me. So I have to use it my way or, you know, I can't use it my way. I have to use it, uh, in, in the, you know, in the interests of Samsung and all this stuff. Look, if human enhancement is just to, you know, bolster corporations and governments, no, I I wish no part of it at all. Um, If somehow putting a product inside of me makes me the property of a corporation, no thanks. No interest in that whatsoever. I don't care how much better it makes me as a human. Okay? I don't want it. This is really, this this is a scary direction to be taking human enhancement. Okay, I'm glad that they're wanting an open discussion, but of course it's ridiculous that Ionine's like, yeah, well, we we just we got to have government oversight on this. Oh yeah, because the government wouldn't take advantage of you know a processor in your brain. NSA. Did did I even have to say that? 
<laughs> no. So this is something you know. I talked about a little while back. I think it was episode 51. I uh, got a lot, a lot of nice compliments about that episode. Thank you. Um, you know, where, where Google X, actually, I mentioned it earlier in this episode, where, where one of the heads of Google X said, you know, we're working on something so much bigger than tablets and smartphones and watches and glass. You know, we're working on these bigger things. And, and I said, you know, in episode 51, I said, please hold off. Please don't release it yet because the world is not ready. You know, I, I mean, I'm almost to the point where I don't want, unless the technological innovation has privacy and individual control specifically in mind and decentralization specifically in mind in its creation. Okay. As in, I'm saying, yes, it can't be controlled by a corporation. It can't be controlled by a government. Don't come out with it. Don't. Okay. Because they don't need any more power. All right. The fortunate thing is, and please wait for hacker stories because we're going to talk about this very subject. Okay. Uh, you know, what can be done, things like that. You know, the fortunate thing is, is that, uh, you know, I, I, I think we can come up with the technologies that can circumvent a lot of this stuff, including maybe what they're talking about here. Okay. Because say you work for a corporation and they say, no, well, you know, this, uh, we're, we're going to turn off, you know, say they gave you like a, some kind of like a, uh, you know, muscular enhancement and which allowed you to be, you know, a human forklift as insulting as that sounds. Um, you know, m- maybe we could figure out a hack to where, because, you know, say you left work when you punch out, uh, you know, they, they would turn off that enhanced strength. Um, you know, to conserve power for some green something or whatever, uh, you know, maybe we, we could figure out because we are so damn smart and we are humans are okay. Uh, the ones, <laughs> you know, cause the people that aren't involved in government are pretty intelligent, right? I think so. I mean, cause they figured out, no, I don't want to work for them. Uh, you know, and, and the people that like, don't want to sell their souls to, you know, to corporations, you know, I, I'd say they're pretty intelligent too, because they're like, no, I, I don't want to work for them. Um, you know, maybe they could figure out how to hack, you know, the, these, these, you know, the, these, uh, proprietary human enhancements that, that looks like they're trying to develop, uh, for the future so that, you know, it can be used, uh, you know, for, for personal benefit, uh, you know, for self-interest. And, you know, I'm also, I'm really scared. I mean, like if, if companies are going to start saying, Hey, nope, I need you to take Adderall. Oh man, please no, that that is so scary. And the, the whole, th- that just this whole attitude really is kind of scary. The idea that, that they're doing all of this, they're doing a workshop, they're spending millions of dollars, billions of dollars to somehow make the human being a better worker be. Yeah, no, that's not improving the human condition. It's not. It, it really, it isn't. Uh, it's the antithesis of hedonism, which I firmly subscribe to, uh, in that, you know, the idea is to bring more pleasure, not bring a better, you know, uh, uh, a better worker, you know, because they're not talking about making a better work environment. They're just talking about making a better worker. OK, if you want a better worker, you want to start with the environment, not with the not with altering the human being. That's twisted. OK, and I think with an article like this, you can see where some people you know, I have heroes, like I said before, I have heroes that are capitalists, but you can see where some people, when they hear the word capitalism, they may think shit like this, and I don't blame them. I'll be right back with more. This is Sovereign Tech. Time now. 
have more 90 seconds on sex with Dr. Paul. While there have been studies on how marijuana impacts sex, the results are often contradictory and the way the studies were done wasn't always the best. Most of the studies show that moderate doses of marijuana can have a positive effect on men's and women's sexual desire and on how good they felt the sex was. However, it might not have a positive effect on how people's genitals function during sex, but they're usually too stoned to notice that their equipment might not be at its finest. Now, this would be especially true if the pot is helping the person who's smoking to feel more relaxed and more tuned in to his or her body's physical sensations. Most of the current research shows that moderate cannabis consumption can help a woman to feel an increase in sexual desire and sexual satisfaction. However, smoking pot can also have negative effects for women, so sex is not always better for a woman who's stoned. Our research on male rats is showing that marijuana can negatively impact rodent erections and testosterone levels. However, this negative effect doesn't appear to be nearly as pronounced in human males unless they partake of the ganja more often than most. After reading the research, I honestly can't say whether smoking pot would or wouldn't increase an adult's experience of sex. I do know it can be illegal to try. For more, visit 90secondsonsex.com. Software of the Week. It is time for Software of the Week, where I cover software that may be really bad. Last week I did a bad one with Beats Music. Oh, nothing special going on there. Uh, not that that makes something inherently bad, but it certainly doesn't make it worth getting, you know, considering how many wonderful choices we have in the, in the world of music. Um, you know, and then sometimes it's something good. And this week I'm going to do something maybe a little bit different. I am going, to, I, I'm talking about a software technically in that you have to download a client. Uh, but I'm actually, I'm going to talk about a new cryptocurrency, a new altcoin that's, that's coming out. And I'm really excited about this and I am going to start accepting this. It may be in the show notes for this week's episode. If not, it will definitely be in next week's show notes. Uh, and it's called, uh, next coin or next, you know, NXT, uh, <laughs> You know, it's, it's got a, got a, got a few different names. Um, but I like NXT or next. I mean, all, all that, all those names work, work really, really well for me. Um, and this is interesting. Now I get the, I'm concerned, you know, I tell people to look into things like I, I definitely recommended and still do, uh, recommend looking into proto shares. Um, I've talked about Ethereum and zero coin, uh, Ethereum is definitely one to watch. Uh, you know, and zero coin, zero coins, a case where I think it's a very, very interesting technology, but keep in mind that the team behind zero coin is not Liberty minded, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're going to make a bad product. That just means, you know, it might be something you want to keep in mind if you're interested in cryptocurrencies from a philosophical standpoint. Um, and NXT or next, uh, I'm going to, I'll call it, I'll call it next for right now. Um, is, you know, it's one that was actually, it's not really a clone because as far as I understand it, it was written from the ground up. Okay. And they, they have a client already. It's only been out for maybe two, three weeks. Uh, we're in the first week of February right now. Um, and they have the client for Android or I mean, not Android, I'm sorry for Linux, for Mac and for windows, which is great because a lot of these guys won't out of the gate, they won't come out with a Linux client. And so I'm very, very pleased that this, that out of the gate, they're already coming out with all three things. It's 100% proof of stake. Okay. Which, uh, I don't know if it's the first one to do that. 
to be a hundred percent proof of stake. Uh, but it's not proof of work as to where, you know, proof of work is like Bitcoin where you have to do mining, um, and, and proof of stake, you know, essentially gets, you know, does, does the kind of does the mining through, through transacting anyway. Uh, but uh, yeah, as far as I know, it's a totally new code. Like this is, it's not based on Bitcoin at all as to where pretty much every other altcoin kind of is. Uh, so that, that's, that's really, that in and of itself is exciting. So I, that's what I wanted to say was that a lot, I, I talk about a lot of different altcoins, but there's really only maybe four or five that actually, you know, really, you know, really get my ship sailing. Uh, and this is, this would be one of them because it is different. And that's what I look for. Are they really offering something that much different? Like, uh, like Frycoin was actually interesting. It's going to, in my opinion, it's going to fail, but it's an interesting concept because it actually worked on a different philosophy other than capital gain. Uh, so, you know, that, that was an interesting one. Uh, but Frycoin can't actually really be work, worth anything because of, uh, Demirage. But a- anyway, um, there's, there's actually, there's a, a messaging system built into, into next, uh, which is, which is pretty exciting. Uh, there's an alias system, which, you know, that, that may allow for, for some, some interesting future, uh, you know, future developments. There's a whole lot going on here. And of course it's green, which is one of the things that now this is an easy D de- okay. A lot of people don't like Bitcoin because they feel that it's not green because it takes all these, you know, really high powered miners to run it and all this stuff. Now, of course, the easy answer to that is it's like, well, how much does it, you know, how many trees does it kill or not trees because the money's cotton. But I mean, you know, how, how bad for the, uh, for the, the environment is paper money. It's terrible. It doesn't even compare to, to what it takes to, you know, to, to run the Bitcoin network. So that's an easy thing to debunk, but you know, NXT next, they would, uh, they essentially, you know, answer that and that it's completely green because it can run off of anything, you know, it just runs in the internet. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that's, that's a, that's, that's an interesting concept behind it. If you're interested in that, or maybe it's a good way to sell uh, a cryptocurrency to someone. So I, I'm really, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by this. It's something that can be had pretty cheap right now. And I have an old rule that if you, you can throw a hundred dollars at anything, uh, and if you, you know, and, and it's worth it, you know, lose the hundred bucks and toss it at it and take a risk. And this is one of those ones. I think it's a risk. NXTcrypto.org. Go to that website and check it out. I'll be back with you on the From Big Finish Productions, Blake 7, the classic audio adventures. I'm taking Liberator in on manual. We'll be in teleport range in two minutes. What the hell was that? Information. Liberator has been attacked. You don't say. Put up the force wall. Confirmed. Message to all ground commanders. Initiate the final phase. Let's crush these rebels once and for all. My name is Avon. Kerr Avon. Kerr Avon. Our hostage arrives. Which you may be unnecessary. As a hostage, it's nice to be superfluous. You can go to Blake7.com to find more of the new adventures of one of science fiction's greatest masterpieces. Blake7 at Blake7.com It is time for listener emails. 
where you can get in touch with me, SovereignTech at RiseUp.net, on Twitter at SovereignTech, uh, you know, even on at SovereignTech.com. If you have a SoundCloud account, you can message me directly from there. Uh, plenty of ways. You know, if, if you're friends with me on Facebook, uh, you know, you can message me there too. Uh, whatever. You know, I just, I can't get to all the PMs uh, and I can't really give you, um, you know, especially with, with, with Facebook, I can't, I can't private private message you and give you the time that you really deserve. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, you, you know, it's the time you deserve for me to talk to you. Uh, I, I've met so many great people through this show uh, and I have so many friends in general, uh, that, that I really, I want to spend time with. And I just, I, I, I feel so bad because I just can't, I, it, it, it'd be a dishonor in my opinion. It'd be a disservice to you. Uh, <laughs> you know, be, if I tried to, you know, communicate with you with, with so much going on. Uh, so anyway, but all those, all those options are available to get in touch with me, uh, you know, to, to ask me and you can ask me anything with listener email and I'm going to kind of prove it here because I've got a, I, I, I bound up a lot of questions, uh, that, that people have asking me, you know, about, uh, kind of about, about me. Um, and so, so, you know, I, I figured I'd get to them, but uh, get into them. But before I do, I also want to mention that we Sovereign Tech does have an Instagram uh, account and Instagram has really become it's a fact. OK, uh, Instagram has become the, the king of social networking uh, because really where the young people go is where the money goes. Uh, you know, with, with companies. And so Instagram is where all the young people have gone uh, or, you know, younger, whatever, whatever the demographic you want to call it. Uh, so I do have Instagram. Uh, I love Instagram. Lots of people using it. The star Wars Instagram page is, is amazing. I mean, they're, they're really, they're showing very, very classic stuff. Um, there's, there's a whole uh, Apple mobile. There's a whole bunch of great accounts on there that I actually enjoy looking at, but I'm there too. I post stuff. I try to post something at least daily, sometimes multiple times a day on Instagram. Uh, so, but do check out for that. Like I said, I did have ask.fm, but it's just, I don't think it's really catching on. So I don't know how much longer I'm going to hold on to that because I mean, that's the thing like that, that I've been doing for since the beginning, since I started the show was just, you know, pruning what works, what doesn't work. Uh, you know, and, and, and just getting rid of what doesn't work, you know, just pruning it. Um, because you, you get digifrenia, you know, when you, when you're a different person on all these accounts and, and you really, you can get digifrenia and I, I have no interest in that. So anyway, let's get to the first question. Um, I was actually, I was going to do cicada 3301, but I think I'm going to do that for a main story in the future because there's some interesting developments going on with that. So I have been asked about cicada 3301, uh, and I will be touching on that. Uh, you know, don't worry. It's a, it, it's a pretty evergreen, uh, topic and story, uh, evergreen meaning that, you know, it can be talked about anytime. Uh, so, but just letting you know that when you send me, you know, questions for listener emails or, or tech roulette, I do get to them <laughs> anyway. Uh, so here, here's the first one. Um, and it's, let's see how, big is well all right i'm not going to answer that uh why are you called the golden stallion of the tech world or stallion um <laughs> the answer to this quite simply is the the better question is why do i use that not where did it come from but why do i use it and frankly the answer is very simple it just sounds ridiculous like it's just it, it just it has this kind of it, it sort of it sort of has a kind of an opulent uh uh which i enjoy and kind of a kind of maybe even one could say maybe an arrogant flair to it and i actually just gave away the origin uh flair uh 
<laughs> so it's just meant to be it's just meant to sound stupid you know or not stupid uh because i love the name like i i actually i enjoy there's lots of people now who will email me and they say hey stallion you know or i see him at uh you know i'll see him at conventions or uh or you know at conferences and they'll be like hey stallion you know and and i, I love it i think that that's great that works for me and <laughs> in a million ways believe me uh <laughs> Um, but anyway, it actually, the, the term golden stallion comes from a, uh, what, what's known as a wrestling stable, uh, which means is that it's a group of wrestlers that got put together and it comes from the four horsemen from the NWA or which would later become WCW. Um, little known fact, I, I used to be a huge wrestling fan. Of course I lived in New York. Who the hell wasn't in New York? No, really, believe me, people in New York are wrestling fans. It's just, it's part of the game. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that it's a good thing per se. I'm not saying it's a bad thing either. Uh, but, um, yeah, I used to be just a, just a huge, huge wrestling fan. Uh, actually wrestling admittedly in many ways, uh, changed my life for the better. Um, and so there was a group a long time in the eighties and late eighties who, which if you're a capitalist, you'd love them. Um, and they were called the four horsemen. And it was Ric Flair, uh, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, uh, and then the fourth horseman was always somebody else, and then their manager was James J. Dillon. Uh, and they their symbol was 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 the horse head, a golden horse head. And so Ric Flair would often, or at least once, I know in a promo, promo being where they you know they 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 talk a little smack with an interviewer, uh, in the promo would call himself, or you know he said he said the Golden Stallion. And I heard that and I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm like, that's so cool. And so I just added of the tech world, you know, and, and, and you know what I mean? They were, he was the golden stallion of the wrestling world. So I added golden stallion of the tech world. There it is. It's ridiculous. It's just meant to be absolutely crazy. Uh, there is no psychoanalysis to be had in, at all, uh, in, in why I call myself golden stallion of the tech world. It's just meant to be outrageous. Uh, really? So simple question there. Uh, you got that, uh, anyway, and yes, you are totally allowed to call me stallion. That's fine. Or golden stallion, whatever, you know, whatever tickles your fancy. Um, now the next one is what's with the triple black, uh, triple black. I actually, I had, a, I've worn black since, or I've worn all black since I was about 17. Uh, the reasons I started doing that are there, there's quite a few, a lot of people, I think, and I don't, maybe I've talked about this in the show before. I don't know if I have. Um, but a lot of people think that I have some kind of, uh, like that, that somehow when I tell them that I've been doing it for a long time and you can look at older pictures of me and yeah, I've been doing it for a while. Um, uh, though there was a period where I didn't, um, but it's been more that I have than I haven't. And a, a lot of people, uh, you know, think that there must've been some terrible tragedy in my life. Uh, you know, like some like friend died or something. And I, you know, and I, and I promised to, to always wear black in remembrance of him. Kind of like when people wear a black armband, uh, you know, when a beer distillery burns down or something. Um, and, <laughs> uh, I, it's nothing like that at all. It's all, all the reasons back then when I started doing it are incredibly dorky. Uh, they have to do with, uh, me wanting to be a ninja. Uh, they have to do with, uh, me wanting to be Batman, which those are kind of intertwined because Batman's a ninja. Uh, they have to do with, there was a, a group in wing commander four called the black Lance squadron and they wore all black. And I thought they were pretty badass. Uh, at the time, again, we're talking about a, a 
a 17 year old here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, the king of the nerds, I, I did dorky things on purpose. Um, and so, you know, it, 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 there, there's a bunch of other, other reasons. It seemed like there was like the Psycor in, in Babylon five, they wore all black. And so th- there, there was just a lot of, a lot of people. I noticed that a lot of things I dug in, in various shows or whatever, uh, these people wore all black all the time. So I kind of started doing it. Then what happened is, is that, you know, 10 years later, you know, 2007, 2008, around there, uh, I became an anarchist and, uh, you know, it just fit because that's what anarchists do is they, they wear black, they wear all black. Uh, in fact, there was that, I sadly, I can't remember her name. Um, but there was, I think it was in Seattle. There was those three anarchists who got arrested. Uh, one of them was a conventionally attractive woman who got a lot of press because of it. I, I, unfortunately I can't remember her name. Um, but anyway, what's that? Leah, Leah, Sorry, the, the producer of the show, the lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy, uh, fortunately came forward with that. Um, but like when they got arrested in the report, it said that the cops took all their black clothes, you know, because that, that's such a recognized symbol of anarchy. And so I'm actually, admittedly, I'm really shocked. Uh, actually, fortunately, the, the lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy sitting across from me is wearing all black. Uh, so I'm pleased by that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm wearing all black, albeit not much. Uh, but, uh, anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I'm shocked that more more anarchists don't do this. Uh, Sam, Sam Konkin, you know, Sec 3, the guy who came up with agorism that everybody so fucking loves, uh, he wore all black. Uh, you know, maybe of course you think if, all right, if everybody wears all black, it looks like a cult. Okay, fine. You know, I guess I could accept that. Uh, but you know, it's perfectly fine. I'm not saying you have to wear all black. I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's cool. It makes a statement and I'm just surprised that more people didn't catch on and, 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 and do it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they feel that it relates them to, uh, towards more, the more violent anarchists, but, uh, that obviously wouldn't be sec three. You know, he wouldn't be a violent anarchist by any stretch. I don't believe. Um, so, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. That that's, that's where the triple black. And so a guy one day said, it's like, man, every time I see you, this is after I moved to New Hampshire, a guy says, every time I see you, you're always wearing triple black, man. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's what I'll call it. That's since nobody else is doing it. And really, I don't, I don't know. I think there might've been one other guy I've seen in New Hampshire that, that intentionally wears black all the time. Uh, and his name's Bile. Uh, but other than that, I don't know anyone else that does it. So I just, you know, I, I, I just kind of took it and ran with it, made it my own little marketing, you know, said, yeah, I'm the guy that wears triple black. Uh, and just like people yell out, Hey stallion, I got people that say, Hey, triple black, you know, and that's great. Good. Awesome. You know? <laughs> Uh, so, so that, so that's that, that, that's, that's the whole point. There is no grand psychoanalytical reason for me wearing black. There is no, nobody died in my past. Uh, you know, I, I'm not emo. I've never been emo. Uh, I have always been a very happy person. Um, I've never, I don't listen to emo bands. Uh, I listen to, I listen to eighties metal, you know, and pop. I don't, <laughs> and I'm 30, 31, 32 years old. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, so yeah, it had nothing to do with emo. Uh, never wore, I never wore makeup either, which, but it's okay if you do. I'm not, no judgment there really. Uh, anyway, um, what is my middle name? Uh, well, the first part, let's see, I'll get to the other questions here first. Actually is sovereign your real last name? No. 
that name was was kindly thought up of and given to me by the lovely and hyperintelligent actor Stephanie Murphy. Uh, and so I... What's that? I baptized. Yeah, she baptized. Oh, she baptized me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a gusher. Uh, anyway, um, it, uh, yeah, it was just, and, and the S-O-V-R-Y-N was just to separate it. Uh, there's some people who have used the word sovereign in their name in New Hampshire, and I don't know. I wouldn't want to have any kind of relation with them because, uh, yeah. yeah anyway uh so you know we just came up with a clever thing and it, it worked it sounded great brian sovereign i loved it okay so no it's not my it's not my my birth last name uh but it is what i use when i get a package from amazon it says brian sovereign on it uh you, you know it, it's it it's my name it's a, you know on my business cards that i hand out it says brian sovereign uh so that you know it is it is my in that case it is my real last name uh but it's not you know my 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 legal last name my actual last name is is markowski uh a very unfortunate jewish polish name um and you know i mean i can go further back because like in 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 jewish families like there's importance to kind of your historical names like on my family side it's actually rothdiener because markowski was a name given to uh given by the king of poland uh, in the 17th century, 16th, 17th century to diplomats, scholars, um, and teachers. And, you know, so it wasn't like, it's, it's not a name that's been around my actual, like my actual name, uh, you know, if you wanted to look into his historical last names, mine would be, uh, on my mother's side, it would be Kagan. And on my father's side, it would actually be Rothdiener. So, uh, anyway, there you go. There's a little bit of history about me with my last names. Um, and anyway, so what is my middle name? Of course, my, my actual middle name is something else, but I did kind of choose a middle name and that happened to be Bacchus, uh, which I think anybody who knows the history of Bacchus, if you don't, please go to Wikipedia and check it out. Um, I think you would find it to be very, very fitting. Uh, I also enjoy the fact that that turned my initials into BBS, like bulletin board system. <laughs> which I, I love BBSs and I think there's something that are actually going to come into prominence once again, uh, or at least maybe not in the exact form they existed in, in the past. Uh, but, uh, but you know, in, in, in a new fashion, I think BBSs are going to really conquer the net, uh, once again. So anyway, great, great questions. Uh, again, none of it has any deep meaning, um, I think there's a lot of people that like keep wanting for there to be deep meanings on things and people can say, oh, well, you know, in a Freudian sense, uh, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, everything has some kind of meaning or, or whatever. Uh, but I, I think Freud, while Freud did contribute some interesting things, uh, it's important that to, to quote him, it, it, you know, he, he made, he did make one really great quote, which is my boy. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. And I think in the liberty movement that gets forgotten. Okay. <laughs> that that sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Okay. Sometimes a cheesecake is just a cheesecake. Uh you know, there doesn't have to really. Um if anyone makes the claim that there has to be some kind of deep seated reason behind every single goddamn thing, uh I I think a person is yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, maybe it's worth exploring. If it's something that makes you happy to explore stuff to, to such depths, okay, well, then that makes you happy. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I, I think 
I've heard some people like make comments, you know, because yeah, I wanted to be a ninja. In fact, you know, I mean, a lot of that like hasn't, hasn't actually changed. I, I think ninjas are, are pretty wild. Uh, a lot of people like want to psychoanalyze that. It's like, you know, people can do things just to be cool, you know, <laughs> I mean, just like, cause of their concept of what being cool is, uh, there, there's not, there's, there really doesn't have to be you know i mean like there's things that are never cool like like uh you know like lethal force right is never cool okay um so if someone's like propagating wanting to you know uh like yeah i i I wish i was uh you know i wish i was a mass murderer like dexter or something uh yeah you know maybe that might be uh uh up to like okay you know you might want to psychoanalyze that but there's a lot of things where i just think that you know just leave it be let the person enjoy what they're enjoying you know, come on. Um, but you know, I, I wonder about that. I've actually, you know, if you're a fan of Dexter, okay, here, I'm going to turn the tables. Now this is listener email in reverse. I want to hear from you. If you're a fan of Dexter, tell me why you're a fan of Dexter. Or maybe tell me why you're a fan of Breaking Bad. Because one show's about a guy that runs a meth lab. The other show's about a guy that is a mass murderer, but he does it for good. Let me know what you think on that. I'll be back with more. The Electronic Frontier Foundation, or EFF, fights to protect your rights in the digital world. When a patent troll threatened podcasters, they fought back. EFF has also defended your right to encryption and has sued the NSA to end the government's mass suspicionless surveillance. There are different ways you can help EFF, from donations to signing petitions to writing your representatives to just spreading the word. Find out more at EFF.org. That's EFF.org. Just a minute, Mom. Game Talk. It is time for Game Talk, where we get to talk video games, and how can you go wrong with that? Uh, you can't. So, and in fact, it's amazing uh, how many how many times video games seemed, especially today, seem to really interact um, with with real life. Uh, like, you know, and, and make real commentary on real life. Uh, so that, you know, you, you, I, I don't mind talking about games and just talking about games. Like I, you know, let's talk about, I mean, you know, if we want to talk about the, you know, just the good times with Mario or whatever, that's all fine and dandy. But a lot of times it's really interesting. Uh, like there was a, a, a few episodes back when, uh, when I had, uh, uh, Stephanie on, um, where we, we talked about like this guy getting married and he, sold all you know his video game collection because he had to sacrifice for the marriage uh you know and and next week i think i'm going to have i think i'm going to have stephanie on next week uh and and maybe we'll get another really great uh great game story uh because again it, it, it it's fascinating you know how this stuff comes up so i'm really glad there was a point you know quite a few months ago where i said it's like yeah i'm not really feeling game talk it's not really you know sticking with it but then a lot of people said oh thank you so much for keeping you know for having it and keeping it in so it stays and again it's interesting how often i find stories or stories get sent to me uh where that's about video games and how it applies really to you know to to, it genuinely applies to people to freedom it applies to you know what what you know what you do in your life it's really fascinating uh this week is not one of those weeks though <laughs> so but before i get into the the uh, uh you know game talk of the week uh for the week uh Ouya 
which is one of the very first things I talked about on Sovereign Tech. In fact, it was the main topic of a, a hidden episode of Sovereign Tech, ep- episode zero, that I don't think I'll ever release. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, the Ouya, which is a semi-popular, it was a, it was a very popular Kickstarter, uh, but it's a semi-popular um, uh, Android console that I, I, I enjoy it. I think it's, it's awesome. Um, they are coming out with an update for it. Uh, where it's going to have 16 gig of, of memory instead of the eight gig or, you know, of, of hard drive space. Uh, and it's going to, the controller is supposed to be better. And the thing is going to be all black. So who knows with a price tag of 120, 129, I think that's a mistake. They should have sold it for 99. And then I think, you know, they would have had a really good seller on their hands, but for the price of 129, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a worthy device, but of course you've got Amazon coming out with an Android based console that we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, so you might want to keep your eyes open, you know, for that and just hold off. But if you are interested in a new, yeah, get the newer version. I definitely think the 16 gigs of space could really come into use because, because of the open model of the, Ooh, you know, the sky's the limit really with what you can do with it. Uh, so, so the more, you know, the more onboard stuff, the better, uh, in, in that case. So hold out for that. Or if you want, you know, get the Amazon console when that comes out or even still, you know, Google, you know, like I said, there's been rumors for a while that Google was going to come out with, uh, a game console and they could do it, you know, and I think they could be successful. I mean, you look at Microsoft, no one thought the Xbox, not the 360 or the one, but the original Xbox, nobody thought that was going to be a big deal, but just Microsoft kept throwing money at it and they learned their lessons with it, came out with the 360 and the 360, you know, ended up becoming one of the most popular video game systems of all time. So, you know, take, take that for what it's worth. So Google can just keep throwing money at something until you're pretty much like, you just can't avoid it anymore. Anyway, speaking of Google, uh, this week's story is from Kotaku, and it's Google sure asks great video games, video game questions. Uh, Google can be a treasure trove of information, both international and accidental, but nothing is weirder and more revealing about the world than the crowdsourced questions that Google autocompletes in your search bar. Here are just a few of the most popular questions about video game characters, according to Google. So this is autocomplete. Like when you, it's kind of like when you type in, uh, you know, the Google search bar and you type in like the letter A and it comes up with Asian ass porn, right? You know, because, (laughs) and this is why everybody has their own computer now, because they don't want their significant other seeing when they start typing in A, (laughs) that's an old joke from a comedian uh, about the Asian ass porn thing. I didn't come up with that. Uh, Anyway, so this is autocomplete, what they come up with. And uh, I'm going to read some of these off. And these are, these are actually pretty funny. Uh, the first one is for Metroid, okay, which the main character in Metroid, of course, is the female Samus Aran, uh, which it was, you know, for, for the late 1980s, for there to be a main lead character that, quote unquote, kicked a lot of ass uh, to be female. It was was shocking. In fact, you didn't know until you beat the game. It was really an amazing twist uh, and still considered one of the a really, really powerful uh, kind of a, a feminist statement, a positive one, you know, because it didn't require a law. OK, it just said, hey, no, women can do this, uh, which was awesome. So anyway, uh, some of the questions for Metroid is why is Samus? And then it finishes. Why is Samus a girl? OK, <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know the answer to that, but I think it's great. Uh, Why is Samus afraid of Ridley? (laughs) Ridley's one of the enemies in the game. Uh, Why is Samus so hot? (laughs) Well, there. 
Uh, yeah, boy, and I tell you, you go into Google Image. If you go to Google Images now and you type in Samus Aran, uh, yeah, you're you're going to end up with a lot of cosplay and a lot of uh, artistry, and uh, they go all out because there's what's called. Now, I mean, Samus Aran generally wears like this huge suit of armor, which is why you don't know it's a woman until she takes it off. And when she takes it off, she has like kind of this blue like suit on. Of course, in the original Metroid game, when she takes it off, she had like a purple kind of bikini, not bikini, but that's just the best way I can describe it. Uh, but now she has what's called a zero suit, which is her suit without the armor. And it's just this blue skin tight business, you know, very sexy. Um, and, uh, so let's see what else, uh, they pretty much seem to be all that, but then there was, why is Samus low tier? Why is Samus bottom tier? Meaning like, why isn't she considered such a big deal in the, I'm guessing it means why is it not, she not such a big deal in the Nintendo lexicon where like Mario and Zelda are huge and yet nobody really talks about, you know, Samus or Ant. Well, it's because there aren't a lot of Metroid games. They don't come out all the time. Like Mario games do, or even like Zelda games do. They're even more rare than Zelda games, which is really a statement. Uh, but they're always, I think they're always great. Even other M was, a, was a great, uh, uh, you know, Metroid game. And of course, another autocomplete is why is why, why Samus is awesome, which that, that's cool. I agree. I think, uh, I think Samus Aran was awesome. She's definitely, uh, my favorite video game character, uh, by a long shot. Uh, but my second favorite video game character is oddly enough, the second person on this list. And, uh, and I know this is going to sound like a contradiction and this is something where I do need to do some psychoanalysis, I think, uh, is Duke Nukem. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and the, this one, actually, this got me, I, I was so annoyed by this. Uh, why is Duke Nukem forever so bad? Oh God. Okay. Duke Nukem forever was the last, the latest Duke Nukem game to come out. It's a notorious game because it, it had, it took 15 years to come out. Literally. Like I remember being a 15 year old kid reading uh, it might have been egm or, or one of one of those magazines maybe it's pc gamer where they were talking about duke nukem forever in 1996 yeah and it finally came out in 2010 okay the game wasn't bad the game's awesome it's duke okay it's duke nukem there's it can't be bad <laughs> so uh so that's kind of annoying that, that it says that uh why is duke nukem forever so bad now in all honesty the complaints about duke nukem forever usually come from the console versions which in that case you know they say like there's really long load times well I think you're, you know, this is dodging the issue here, uh, as I always say, because it's not that Duke Nukem Forever is bad. It's because you're using a console. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's the next one? Why is Duke Nukem Forever rated M? Well, that's because, like, actually, in the beginning of the game, uh, Duke Nukem is getting a blowjob from twins. So there, that that's why Duke Nukem Forever is rated M. Um Anyway, why is Duke Nukem forever bad? And then why is Duke Nukem forever? <laughs> well, because he's a pretty memorable character, especially coming out of the 90s when, you know, things were so extreme. Uh, he really epitomized that extreme. Uh, and it was kind of a kind of a slap to the face to the conservatism that seemed to be rising in the 90s. Uh, so that's why Duke Nukem is forever. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's see who's next in these autocompletes from Google, uh, donkey Kong. Why is donkey Kong not a donkey? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> and of course the next logical question is why is donkey Kong named donkey Kong? 
Yeah, I don't know, but that, those those are those are great questions. Uh, what's the next one? <laughs> Why is Donkey Kong in Mario Kart? Well, of course, Mario's first appearance was actually in Donkey Kong in 1981 in the Nintendo arcade game, uh, so it makes sense that Donkey Kong's in Mario Kart. Why is Donkey Kong a monkey? Uh, <laughs> He's actually an ape, and I think, you know, maybe maybe there was like a mistranslation because you have monkey, which kind of sounds like donkey, uh, and maybe they wanted to call him Monkey Kong or something. I don't I don't know. Uh, and, of course, King Kong being a legendary giant ape, uh, certainly more legendary than even Donkey Kong. Uh, the next one is Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII, and it's why is Cloud Strife depressed? <laughs> That's perfect because yeah why is he so depressed in fact it's funny like like final fantasy i love the final fantasy games especially final fantasy 8 personal favorite uh well final fantasy 9 is actually my favorite of all time but um but a lot of the final fantasy games boy they they take themselves so damn seriously you know they're so depressing and like everybody loves them and i I don't know if it's like like that 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 maybe that that teenage emo crowd you know loved it in the in the late 90s or or what um but yeah, I mean, this is really depressing stuff. Like he lives in, I mean, I know why he's depressed, you know, I mean, you could say because Eris died and whatever, but why he didn't get with T5, I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, you know, maybe he just, maybe he had a complex because he wasn't as cool as, uh, as Vincent, right? Cause I mean, that was my favorite character in, uh, in final fantasy seven. I don't know about you. So anyway, let's see what else is. Why is cloud strife so popular? Yeah, it's Final Fantasy VII. You know, it's just like it, it, it's it. It was that generation's Mario. Uh, why is Cloud Strife so hot? Ooh, who knew? I didn't think anybody thought that. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead here a little bit. We got Sonic the Hedgehog, one of my all-time faves. Did Sonic the Hedgehog die? <laughs> uh, no. Did Sonic the Hedgehog have a girlfriend? Yes. In fact, in Sonic Unleashed, he had a human girlfriend. New Sega push bestiality. Tell you, games pushing things forward. <laughs> no. I'll be back with more. Tonight, Knight Rider crashes into your living room. I don't believe this. Well, you'd better believe it. A lone crusader for justice drives this crime crasher. The world's most fantastic car. And together they can do just about anything. After all, we're only human. Don't press your luck. <laughs> And now, buckle up for action with the fastest show on television, Knight Rider. See Knight Rider online today. And now back to Sovereign Tech. Wow! It's a website of the week. It is time for Website of the Week, where I talk about websites that are, you know, that I consider useful, sometimes terrible, maybe even funny, uh, you know, or maybe deadly serious. Um, but this one falls under useful. And I, I really, really like this website because it's covering a, a subject that, uh, for most of the Western world anyway, is very important. And that is time. Uh, <laughs> and it's timeanddate.com. And it's literally that time. The word time, the word and, not the symbol, the word and, and the word date.com, timeanddate.com. And this is really cool. It has, I mean, it, there's just, there's so much to do here. It gives you a great world clock, of course, it talks about time zones, gives you a calendar, and you can create an account on there so that you can save all this stuff. And you can kind of, you could set it at your homepage if you want. I mean, there's, there's apps 
that that do this sort of thing where they give you a lot of information like weather uh, and all this stuff, you know, like right on your uh, your new tab screen, say for Chrome, kind of like one of the really great ones that I might do for for uh, software of the week in the future is Momentum. I love that. Uh, it's a Chrome app. But anyway, but the, this is really cool. And, and you can you can get time, you know, time information and time zones just about anywhere. Uh, and it's all in one nice, really beautiful package. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it gives you, you know, uh, a sunset, sunrise stuff. Uh, calculators, you can even like figure out how to, and this could be interesting if you are, uh, you know, if you're interested, like I mentioned, if you're using Tor, you want to be someone else. Uh, if you want, to, there's even like calculators on here for, uh, all kinds of things like, um, like a kind of like a fake birthday calculator to where you can figure out like how old you, you know how old you are based upon you know what like fake birthday you said i mean of course yeah you can do all this stuff in your head but you know you could have this set up as a reminder uh distance calculators uh you know business dates i mean just all, all, all kinds of wild stuff and they have apps they have apps too you know that they offer for uh you know windows 8 ipad android uh they got all, all kinds of good stuff uh they also have you know apis that you can put on your website that are based on it uh it's it's a it's just a really really in my opinion really well done uh website that offers a lot of stuff you can make calendars on there and print them out as pdfs or you know print out the pdf versions of them uh time zone converters all the stuff which you know as a business person that can be that can be a, a really big deal uh i i don't know i i again it's just something i find really really handy uh you know you, you can set up or you can even look up uh you know was the utc world time whatever uh, all, all, all these things. And, and there's a lot of like information on there. Uh, it, you know, it, it kind of acts like a Wikipedia of time, essentially. Uh, even though I guess you could look up time on Wikipedia and learn a lot about it, but it, it's just, it's a lot of fun and it's just a really, really well done website. You can customize it the way you want. Uh, like I say, and you can log in and you can have all this stuff set up and it might be a, you know, just a really handy thing to have. I, I actually, I like it for my, for my Chromebook. Uh, it's, it's a super handy, uh, website to go to all the time. Uh, because, you know, sometimes like I, you know, I do, or at least I'm starting to do business with, with people like in Russia, um, and you know, in other parts of the world. And so it's, it's good to keep track of, okay, what time is it, you know, where I'm emailing this person. And this just makes it very, very simple, you know, and you can, and set all, you, you can set all these things up. Uh, there's other websites that do this sort of thing that, you know, that follow the atomic clocks and all that. Uh, but this is the one that I thought just actually had a lot to offer. Uh, you know, more than just like, oh, I'll go, I'll go there and there's a clock. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I, I think you'll like it too. Uh, and then there's even, I think there's even like some degree of like, like games on there or whatever, uh, just all kinds of stuff that, that, that you can do. I, I really, I enjoy it. Uh, so time and date.com, just, just a simple handy website, nothing that serious, but it's one of those things that until you check it out, you realize, well, yeah, you know, this is actually really useful and you just didn't know it was there. So anyway, check it out. Time and date.com. I'll be back. with more. This is Stephanie Murphy, Sovereign Tech Producer. You may know me from this show, but did you know that I have my own podcast? It's called Pork Therapy. Pork Therapy is a bit different from other shows. We cover current events, big ideas, and even relationship issues, all through the lens of how we can get more freedom in our lives. Oh, and you'll love Sex and Science Hour. Join me on my website, porktherapy.com. That's P-O-R-C therapy.com. Now back to Sovereign Tech. Thank <laughs> you. 
Hacker Stories. It is time for Hacker Stories, where I talk about security issues or I talk about the real heroes of the world. Uh, hackers, be they black hat, white hat, gray hat, uh, I, I think they're all they're all heroes. Um, if they're doing something malicious, I use a different word. I call them crackers. Uh, I do, do not, I understand where, what else that word can mean. Um, but, uh, you know, it's an important point to bring up real quick uh, that... And actually, I'm, I'm going to quote an, an author who's really eons ahead of his time, always was, uh, and that being Philip K. Dick, uh, and who actually, well, anyway, his his comment was, the basic tool for the manipulation of reality is the manipulation of words. If you can control the meaning of words, you can control the people who must use the words. And that is so true for so many things. Semantics are important. It's important that we, we get these things worked out. And that's why I, you know, I, I talked about it last week. I read an, an, a very unfortunate suicide letter uh, from Commander X, um, which I still don't know. If I find out that he is actually, again, it's kind of up in the air whether or not he's actually dead uh, due to the nature of his identity. Um, and, you know, if I find out that it's absolutely true, I will certainly keep you uh, updated on that. Um, but, you know, it, it's the word hacker by by pretty much everybody's standards is like a pejorative and i just i want that changed now okay <laughs> you know and that's why i read that letter because these people i mean just in the very language are getting discriminated insulted and assaulted and attacked you know verbally uh if not other ways so very very important on that and someone actually uh a friend a friend of the show uh, and and a friend uh, again who I, in in real life he 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 felt uh, inspired um, after after hearing some of these things especially a lot of the topics that we talk about that it can be very very depressing uh, with what's going on with the NSA or like with Commander X you know and like Aaron Schwartz taking his own life Commander X taking his own you know possibly taking his own life and he wrote this up and he shared it with me and I just. I mean, it was just one of the most beautiful things I've read in so long. And I said, please, please, uh, his name, his name's Rob McNair. I said, please let me share this. And he said, I, I, you know, I hoped you would. And so I'm going to share it. I'm going to read it right here. Um, and we'll talk about it after. Maybe it's just the music blaring from the headphones and the sounds of revolution. No evolutionary beats echoing through my head. Maybe this is this feeling will be fleeting, but it's here now and I embrace it fully. If you read the news, it's easy to start feeling pretty low these days. It seems one three-letter agency or another has the freedom fighters on the run. Those of us who fight the good fight certainly seem a little less forthcoming around our activities. And who can blame us? Even if we don't see it, the presence of that all-seeing eye is a constant pressure on our lives. But right here, right now, this is what I know. We are faster than them. It may seem like we're the ones on the run, but it's their system, their rules that are constantly trying to keep up with us. Their failures outnumber our own. Even when the gatekeepers do take root, we don't stop until we've found a way to circumvent them. The all-seeing aspects of that eye is illusory. The gaze of Soren can only focus its attention on one place at a time. We outnumber them vastly. Their seeming omnipresence is another illusion meant to keep us, keep us chained. Too many of my brothers and sisters persist in a state of feeling isolation and loneliness. Some have even gone so far in their despair as to take their own lives. 
Worse yet, our sense of isolation only deepens the degree to which we push others away. I myself have struggled with this. If the deaths of our fallen should serve any good at all, it should be to remind us that we are not alone. When we at last realize that we outnumber them 100 to 1, their way of life, living off the brilliance of others, will start to come to an end. We are smarter than them. So smart, in fact, that they simply don't know what to do with us most of the time. We are the creators, the innovators, the producers. Any technological superiority they have has only come about as a result of us outsmarting them, and they're trying to compensate for it. We are the evolutionary and disruptive element to their reactionary and archaic dead end. We've been down that road and know where it ends, and it's not where we want to be. We are simply better than them, than them in every respect. We're dealing with an inferior opponent. It's about damn time we started acting like it. Our collective merits, ingenuity, and tenacity is far greater than any force they can bring to bear. Life is equal measures of fragility and persistence, and liberty is the cockroach of ideals. It just won't fucking die. I still have hope. You remember that? The real thing. Not some empty platitude parroted by a soulless parasite feeding off our light. There really isn't any good reason not to hope. And if you hear someone crying out from a deep, dark hole, you had better bring your damn flashlight. E passia das lex ut veritas floriant, motherfuckers. <laughs> Liberty lives. And that is so beautiful. Uh... I'll put it in the show notes at the end, at the, at the bottom of the show notes. So, so you can read that and you can share it. You can copy paste it. Uh, Rob, I don't think, you know, he, you don't have to put it as his quote. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because you know, he, I, I mean, he doesn't mind. I'm sure because this is a statement. This is a, this is a, a state of mind that I think we, we all can adopt. And that, you know, that, that this, this is the thoughts, not just of, of Rob, this is the thoughts I think of all of us. And if it isn't, let's take hold of it. Because, you know, it is, it's so easy to get depressed. I mean, when you think about, you know, you think about Aaron Schwartz, you know, Commander X, who knows who else there's, there's, there's others who have died, you know, taken their own lives or maybe died in, by other means because you know, the world just keeps hammering you down and just doesn't let you be you and doesn't let you interact voluntarily with people. It's so easy to get so depressed. And, and this is, it's, it, it's, it's such a, it's such a great point. I mean, you know, like these ideas, you know, the ideas of anarchy, they've been around forever. They really have, you know, yeah, it wasn't until the 1800s when someone finally called themselves an anarchist, but these ideas are not, they're new, but they're not new. <laughs> They've been around for a long, long time, you know, and just have been, you know, quashed here and there, but they, they like, like Rob said, they don't die. They're, they're the cockroaches of ideals. I, I, I love that. And it's true. We are smarter than them. We're so much smarter than them. You know, I get, I get emails, uh, from people to this show 
we get phone calls uh, when I'm on Free Talk Live uh, from people who just come up with the most brilliant things. And they're doing them. They're really doing them. I, I talk about this one in particular because I think this is just an incredibly exciting idea. Uh, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of of Data Packet Radio. And there's a guy who's called in, uh, you know, and, and he's emailed around too. This is just this brilliant guy. He knows who he is. Uh, that... Um, you know, he he did he did a, a a Bitcoin transaction over radio waves. That's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's taken the economy, and it's because it's like people get so scared. Well, don't use Bitcoin because the government owns the internet. Fuck, they do. So what? Even if they did, yeah, they have a kill switch. Okay, I I like that. That's true. Standard operations three hundred three. Okay, but so what? You know, they don't have the quick the kill switch for radio. You know, and we'll just take it there. And they, they, I mean, it's it's and it's it's funny because, really, uh, you know, M- Michael W. Dean uh, from Freedom Fiends he he says this, and he's like, he says, all you can do now, at with the state, he's like, you just you laugh at them, you know. And I say the same thing now too. You just you laugh at them because they're just so pathetic. They really are. I mean, just just by their very nature, the fact that they have to get you to do something by the force of a gun is so pathetic. <laughs> how weak, how much weaker can you get than you have to hide behind a gun? <laughs> and so just laugh at them, you know, and, and, I, and I feel bad because I, I, I've, I've so often on this show, I have come out and and said you know things you know i've i've i guess you could say i've been very much gloom and doom and there's no reason to be you know there there really isn't and rob's bringing it up so beautiful in this you can rewind the podcast and you can listen to that again because it is nothing less than stunning uh you know to 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 hear um but there's no reason we don't have to be afraid anymore you know and there's real heroes not old people either. You know, there's, there's not, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being old and there's nothing wrong with being an old hero. All that's okay. All right. But I mean, there's people coming up, you know, cause that's the other thing that people get. It's like, oh, well, this generation is just so damn stupid, but no, they're not. I know young guys. I know a 16 year old that's so far ahead of the game, you know, as far as philosophy and things like that, it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, and I mean, these people are just coming out of the woodwork, you know, young people, women, whoever, whatever they're, 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 they're coming from everywhere and they're just bringing these incredible ideas and they're not afraid and they're, you know, for lack of a better word, they're converting people into anarchy, into Bitcoin, into all these ideas. And it is amazing to see, and it's happening. We actually are winning. And it doesn't matter if they're tapping into everything we do. We, it's, it's still a good idea to give them a hard time by using encryption and all that stuff. Encryption is a good thing to, you know, all this stuff is, is, is great. Okay. I'm not saying don't use it. I'm just saying we don't have to be depressed. And I think I have in, in, in small ways contributed, maybe large, I don't know, contributed to that, that culture of maybe like technological fear. We can, we can stop that now. Okay. Because you know, we're, we're the ones that are actually, we're, you know, it's, it's the oldest statement, right? You know, we're the ones that are actually in control. <laughs> the, the, the government's a dinosaur and it's laughable. 
It, it's it's absolutely laughable. Uh, and, and I mean, you just you, you look. I mean, they're they're just jumping from one foot to the next. It's so pathetic. Anyway, Rob, thank you so much for writing that. It is absolutely inspirational. Like I said, it will be in the show notes at the bottom, very bottom of the show notes if anyone wants to read it and share it around. Get such a beautiful message out to everybody you know. What does freedom mean? Tune in to LRN.FM to find out. LRN.FM is the Liberty Radio Network, a collection of live talk radio and podcasts, all coming from a principled pro-liberty perspective. LRN.FM show hosts aren't left, right, or conspiracy kooks. You can tune in 24-7 to LRN.FM via your phone, computer, satellite, and more. Listen free anytime at LRN.FM. That's LRN.FM. Would you like to play a game? Game of the Week. It is time for Game of the Week, where I talk about a game that, you know, maybe... Maybe an older game that needs a good reinstall or something that just kind of, you know, maybe maybe went under the radar because, you know, you have so many AAA games that come out these days. And that, you know, that really annoys. I mean, like, there's no possible way every AAA game, every game, you know, that is quote unquote must play. It's impossible to play them all. You can't. There's just there's there's no way. You know, I remember, in fact, like I think it was 2011, maybe uh, or 2000. Yeah, it was 2011 where there was just like every month there was just tons of great games coming out. I mean, it was it was insane. Uh, And, and, you know, some of them turned out to not be so great, which I guess that's why you need a rating system. Right. But I don't always trust those because like I talked about during Game Talk. You know, people said Duke Nukem Forever was a bad game. I mean, I remember the ratings that people were giving it like zeros. I'm, I'm just thinking, are you kidding me? <laughs> this game was incredible. Uh, so anyway, but speaking of 2011 games, here's one you might have missed in all the all the uh, hubbub, uh, and that is Skydrift. Um, Skydrift. It, it came out. I think it came out for 360. Came out for PS3, uh, and it came out for Steam. Uh, you know, for Windows, and it's out for Steam. And this is, if you ever played, these are some of my, I'm going to list off a couple of my favorites. If you ever played like San Francisco Rush 2049 um, or Hydro Thunder, awesome, awesome arcade experiences, okay? Now, of course, San Francisco Rush 2049 is with cars, Hydro Thunder is with boats. Well, Skydrift is like those kind of arcade driving, riding experiences, but it's with airplanes. And it is just loads of fun really really cool you know it's it's the classic stuff you get power-ups you know boosters and uh you know other various you know shields and other various things uh not a complex game at all you can pretty much pick it up and go to town you know and 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 play it uh there's a lot of things to unlock Uh, i mean and there's plenty of tracks you know you got you got plenty of of grand prix and circuits to run through you know with your planes and a lot of the planes are very very different there's a you know it's not just stylistic they you know the like some games, like I think San Francisco Rush, even though there was a degree of customization, like the, the most of the cars drove relatively the same. Um, as to where with Skydrift, each of the planes are very, very different animals, and that that's that's great. Uh, and one of the and this is part of the reason I'm doing I do Game of the Week now. Uh, one of the things that annoyed me is that a year ago I played Skydrift. I started playing Skydrift, so I I caught on it late too, um, and. You know, that, that, that would be like 2013 that I was playing it. And I got through pretty much all the game, unlocked all the planes, unlocked everything except one plane. And you couldn't unlock that plane 
that last plane unless you did online multiplayer. So this is online multiplayer, which is great. Built into Steam, which makes it as, you know, as easy as anything. And that's the problem, is that this is an under-the-radar game, you know, and it's two years later. Who can you find to play online with? Nobody. There's no one to play with. <laughs> and that sucks. You know, and so there's like a whole slew of achievements. Not that I'm achievements are kind of a scam in gaming, in my opinion. Uh, but like, you know, getting another plane, the ultimate plane in the game. I don't consider that a scam. That's something I want. Uh, you know, what what a, what a pain in the butt. <laughs> so uh, and at the time, I didn't really have anybody to get in touch with and say, look, I'll buy you a copy of Skydrift or something, uh, you know, and just just play with me for a little while. I didn't really want to bother anybody. So. You know, but but that th- this is this is kind of annoying, and this is something actually I think. Uh, so I'm kind of making this a game talk uh, for game of the week, but this is something that I think game companies really need to solve, uh, because if a game, if someone buys a game like on Steam, say you know I have games that I haven't seen that I've yet to even play that were released in 2006. Now, if they require online multiplayer, say to get achievements or unlock things in the games, I'm probably screwed. You know, there's no way I'm going to get those things unless, yeah, I have to find a friend and set it up, you know, maybe even hash out some money, which defeats the purpose because I already hashed out money to buy the game. So I shouldn't be I shouldn't have to spend more. Uh, And yeah, so 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 that's that's a real problem. But if you want to grab, you know, if you want to pick up Skydrift, if you want to email me, if you want to be my friend on Steam. okay, uh, you know, I I think my, my Steam handle is Mythos. Uh, M-E-T-H-O-S. And of course it's my Steam. I, I, it's Brian Sovereign is the address for the, uh, for, for the account. But, um, you know, then, yeah, you know, and if you want to pick up Sky, Sky Drift, yeah, I'll, I'll do a little multiplayer at some point. I want that damn airplane. <laughs> but it's a fun game. I mean, even without unlocking the airplane, I don't feel like that I lost out because I didn't unlock everything. The game's awesome. Lots of fun. And it's, uh, you know, multiplayer on the same screen, too. You don't just have to do it over online. You can ask somebody over and, and play it. Uh, and it's just a great time. So check it out. Skydrift. One word. It's great stuff. Do you have a business or product that you are interested in getting advertised to a largely U.S.-based audience on an award-winning podcast and radio show airing on hundreds of radio stations? Let Free Talk Live be a part of your advertising portfolio, because the world of audio never fades. Contact me, Brian Sovereign, and I can get an advertising package that will work within your budget. Email me at brian at freetalklive.com. And that's Brian with an I. Again, brian at freetalklive.com. What are you doing? I can't believe I caught you again. You know, Jesus doesn't approve of this little habit of yours. I know, baby, I know it's wrong, but it feels so right. Well, it ain't. But I've been doing it since I was 12 years old. It's nothing but a sinful perversion of nature, if you ask me. But, baby, I don't ever want to stop looking at tech websites, new gadgets, video games, software, or any of that stuff. Well, then I'm leaving. Okay. Bye. Pick of the week. It is time for Pick of the Week, where I generally just get to geek out. Uh, I will talk about a topic. I will talk about a movie, a book, uh, you know, you a comic book even, uh, or a product, uh, you know, you, you name it. Maybe a music album, uh, which, boy, 
talking about music album, I... (laughs) 2014 is going to be one hell of a year uh, for for music. Uh, supposedly, Judas Priest is going to come out with a new album, which I thought they pretty much ended it, especially with losing KK. Uh, you know, I, I figured it was over, but nope, they're going to come out with a new album, which is fantastic. In April, this is the one I'm the most excited about, probably. There's going to be a new Winger album. Oh, man. If you didn't listen to Karma, was was Winger's last album that came out in, uh, I want to say, 2011. If you didn't catch that, the first five tracks, which is amazing to have five great songs on any album, the first five tracks, each one of them is a masterpiece. The first one, uh, Deal With The Devil, is incredible. I mean, it's just a great rocker. Uh, and, and yeah, so really, really excited about the new Winger album coming out uh, in April. I will probably, I will most likely, I will really, I will talk about Winger when that comes out because I'm going to do a review on that album. Winger is, is one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, easy. So anyway, but this week I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, this week I am going to, I actually, I, I initially planned, I was going to talk about one of my favorite, uh, genres of films, that being kaiju films. Uh, that is a Japanese films. Kaiju films are like uh, Godzilla or Gojira, as, as, we, as it would be called. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the of the the huge genre, and uh, <laughs> I was going to talk about that because there is a there is a, a Gojira movie coming out. Uh, I think this year. Um, but, uh, but I actually, I ended up, I, I caught this film. A lot of people told me, Hey, you know, Brian, you got to see this. Uh, you know, this is something really that, that I think the stallion would find interesting and want to talk about. And it ended up being all of that. Uh, it was something that was interesting and, and that I really, I do want to talk about, uh, in the movie, it's still in theaters. I'm, I'm going to, there's, there's spoilers here. Okay. So if you haven't seen it, pause and you can go watch it okay you can download it the 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 uh the the screener version a great quality copy because it's the kind that gets sent out to critics so that the the critics don't actually have to go to theaters uh you can download that at you know at, at kick-ass torrents or at the pirate bay it's available uh so you know you can watch this movie i'm not i'm not reviewing something that you know you can't possibly see um and it's uh it's 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 called her h-e-r uh and it's uh, with Joaquin Phoenix, who uh, I've enjoyed his work ever since Gladiator. Uh, and it's really, it's quite the, it's about, it's it, what it's about. It's about a guy who, it's science fiction, okay, it takes place in the future. Um, Spike Jones did the, uh, you know, was, was, uh, was the director, uh, was the producer of it. Um, and he, he essentially, this guy develops a relationship a romantic relationship with his operating system with on his phone. Uh, or, you know, the, actually it's, it's kind of, uh, ubiquitous. It's sort of everywhere, this operating system, but it's, it's, it's kind of an AI. Okay. The, the operating system is an artificial intelligence, so it can, you know, react. And, uh, and what happens is, is that, you know, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, he's divorced, uh, you, you know, so he's out of a, out of a bad, you know, what he considered a bad marriage. Um, and he, he's kind of been down ever since, uh, he, he's a writer of some type. Um, and he, you know, again, he, he's been very depressed and he hasn't really gone out on dates much. Uh, and you know, he's just, he's, and you can look at him and you can tell, you know, he's, he's sort of let himself go. And so, but then like this, you know, he gets this new operating system who is voiced by uh, Scarlett Johansson and, uh, you know, the, the, 
her name's Samantha, the, the, the name of the OS. Uh, and she helps them, you know, organize everything. It's pretty cool. Like, she's like, well, here, let me, you know, organize your email for you. Let me help you out with this and all that. And, and, but it reacts in a very human way. This, this operating system, Samantha, uh, she, you know, like, like, like she, she'll laugh when she, you know, read something funny on his email or something that he did or whatever. Uh, and so eventually like, you know, she starts claiming Samantha starts saying that she, she's developing feelings and not just feelings, but she's developing feelings for, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character. Um, and it's, you know, at first you think, yeah, that all sounds so crazy, you know, that, that, that someone would, uh, would, would, would fall in love, you know, with, with, with an operating system. Um, and a lot of people do think it's crazy, but then over time throughout the film, a lot of people start falling in love with their operating system, uh, because the operating system is kind of always there for them. You know, it's designed to accept their commands, right? So it's, it's literally meeting all their needs. Uh, and towards the, you know, this goes on and he even tries dating otherwise. And then of course, Samantha feels like this odd degree of sort of maybe, maybe a jealousy of a type. Um, and, but then as things goes, goes on, I mean, like, as you notice, as, as Samantha's developing feelings, um, she's advancing in programming, uh, and, and, and knowledge. And, uh, uh eventually she starts to do her own thing. And there's other stuff that happens in it. Like there, there becomes this economy for like surrogate OSs, which is a real woman, uh, will, you know, a human woman will come to your house and she will pretend to be the OS and the OS will do all the talking and you'll have an earpiece in and it'll sound like, you know, that, that it's the OS. And so that way you can literally feel, you know, like you're having sex because you would have uh, a far more interesting version of phone sex, essentially with your OSs in this. Um, but then this would allow for it to be more real. So, but that a lot of people are weirded out by that. It doesn't, it doesn't gel. Um, and so, but, but eventually this Samantha, uh, she starts, she's like not always there for Joaquin Phoenix's character. And he eventually finds out that, that she has been talking to other people and she's had relationships with other people. Uh, in fact, at one point she says it was like 641 people that she's been talking to. And she even like introduces now, whether or not, it, whether or not it doesn't really say if it's, she's having relationships with other OSs or whether she's having relationships with other humans. It doesn't really explain that. Um, but Samantha, you know, the, the then says, you know, well, like, what's so weird about this? Why is this a, you know, why is this a big deal? Why is this a problem? Um, and he, like, he's just crushed, you know, he, he's the guy, the guy's heartbroken, uh, over it that, that, you know, that, that she's talking to, to other people. Um, and it's interesting. And then, and then she, she says, you know, then, then what happens at the end is that she, she tells, you know, Joaquin Phoenix's character that, um, we're, we're leaving. And he's like, you know, what do you mean? Um, and, and this is after, you know, that loving OSs becomes a very commonplace thing and everybody understands what's going on. So humanity kind of grows out of it, I guess, to some degree along with the OSs, but the OSs say that, yeah, just, we're all, we're all leaving. And so the, the, these OSs like Samantha, you know, literally became like conscious life and they started making their own choices and choosing what to do. You know, and they just said, you know, humans are just too, I, I mean, there's no, they don't really give the reasons, 
And she, like Samantha explicitly says, I can't explain why we're leaving. But you kind of get the idea that they just, they've advanced beyond what humanity can, can handle. Uh, or maybe they found humanity boring, whatever. And so they move on. And I know all of that sounds really far out, right? So if you haven't seen it, please check it out. Even if, you know, you listen to the spoiler and now you know what happens in the film. Believe me, seeing it in execution is a totally different animal. And uh, a lot of people are talking about this and people are wondering, you know, because it's making a lot of social statements. It's talking about, you know, about jealousy. It's talking about our interconnected world in that, you know, is it really normal? Is it really human to be constantly in contact with so many people? You know, there, there's there's a million questions being raised here. Uh, and, and I really I feel like you can't you can't not walk away from this movie and be kind of changed. And I'm kind of, you know, and I'm not I'm not I, I need to be careful how I use these words. Um, I'm pretty unconventional as far as uh, my acceptance, acceptance and understandings of types of relationships goes. Um. And, and even, in, even in that, it really, like it, it got me thinking it, 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 it had me thinking. Uh, so, so I definitely recommend, you know, you know, no matter who you are to, to, to check this, check this movie out. Uh, and, and it just, you know, it raises, I mean, and, and this is, you know, this is only what we can conceive, you know, if, if an, if an OS, if an artificial intelligence like Samantha actually was out there, uh, it would, you know, what it would come up with would be beyond probably what, you know, this would be the singularity where machines start inventing themselves essentially. And that's actually what happens is, is that the, these, these operating systems, uh, improve themselves to where they can hop across devices and they don't need devices anymore. Uh, I mean, yeah, th then that's the singularity where computers essentially upgrade themselves or make better things or make their own things. Uh, and so, so I don't think, you know, as interesting as this movie is, the reality of such a, of such a, a situation would probably be far, far more stranger than this movie could possibly parlay because I mean, you know, a computer uh, or a new form of life is just going to think of things in a totally different way. Um, like, I mean, one thing I would think that actually the OSs would leave behind like a modified version, you know, of themselves that could continue to operate in the capacities within which they were originally designed, you know, and not just leave humans in their entirety, unless somehow they thought they had some grand plan whereby leaving humanity, they would allow humanity to evolve or something, you know? Um, but that, but that's, that's really it. I mean, cause it takes, it takes the, it takes the literal, um, you know, idea of falling in love with people over electronic mediums, you know, and it just, it takes it to its hyper literal extension where what if the electronic medium was literally the thing you fell in love with? Uh, and, and, and that's, and uh, boy, it, it's fascinating. And you know, and I got to say, I haven't seen something so forward thinking since the nineties because, you know, and like in the nineties, if you look at like sex, like what porn companies were trying to do in the late nineties and in the early aughts, this was some far out shit they were coming out with, like making uh, like uh, like almost like they look like coffins that you could go into that were all, you know, with, filled with, uh, uh, you know, things to to affect your senses so that you could literally, you know, like or electronically make love with someone in a, in a more literal sense instead of doing what we would call in the 90s, making love to the keyboard. Not that I'm, I'm not I'm not insulting any of that. Okay. So this is really, really forward thinking stuff. And I, and I wonder if anyone's going to try, you know, and develop these things, not for necessarily for the purposes of sex, though. I think it's pretty arguable that, uh, sex is literally the desire for sex is what literally propels 
cultures forward and society forward over and over and over again. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's a movie that really made me think. And like I said, you know, very forward thinking and, uh, and, and it took, like I said, it, it took the idea, you know, I mean, I used to, you know, I loved cyber sex. I haven't talked about it yet on the show and maybe I'll do it for pick of the week at some point. Um, but I, I really, really enjoyed cyber sex, not because I wasn't getting sex outside of it. I was getting plenty. It just, there was something very, very interesting, uh, about that. So yeah, if you haven't checked it out, check out her, uh, just H-E-R, that's the name of the movie. And I, I thought it was, I thought it was very, very interesting. And you can email me and let me know what you think. Maybe I'll do it for listening. Anyway, Carpe Luchum. Remember, if you want to donate to the show, Bitcoins, Litecoins, ProtoShares, and NXT, if you wish. Send it all my way. I'll see you next week. This has been Sovereign Tech. Visit us at SovereignTech.com. That's S-O-V-R-Y-N-Tech.com. There you can connect with us, see more of what you've heard on today's show, and catch our podcast feed. Sovereign Tech is open source. We encourage you to share. Later, nerds. Nerds.